Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast with none other than John and Jonathan. How are you, Mr. Conlon? good. I wasn't going to say my name, so thank you, yes. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the January 2023 stats in Manhattan real estate, the contract signs in Manhattan real estate. You know, we talked about it beforehand, like the feeling on the ground, talking to other agents and stuff, is not always representative of what we see in the statistics. You know, like we, we look at contract signs down 33% from last year this time. Last year, we're still coming off of 2021. Boots on the ground in January felt, oh, this is a very active market. It feels active. But of course, nowadays, you get a contract. These are all contract signs. We get an accepted offer. How long is it taking to get a contract signed these days? I mean, it's we, taking a long time. It's taking two. The managing agents too damn long. the challenge right yeah. now in these contracts being signed. Yeah. Even a very busy first week of January, you figure the first week, maybe those get signed by the end of January. January. And this, it's always the case, but it feels like managing agents are really dragging their heels. These it's not days. even feeling like it. It, it is. It is. I, maybe it is. we're, listen, I like to think we're just a vir- victims of circumstance and we're only <laughs> getting the, the, the ones that are taking their sweet time. But I don't think that's the case talking to other brokers. No. So, And so one of the things I think is really significant across the board, we saw year over year declines at all different price points. So under a million dollars, we saw a decrease year over year of contract signs. 28%. And then as you move up between a million to 2 million, down 32%, 2 to 3 million, down 40%. And then 3 to 5 million had the biggest decrease, over 47% decrease year over year. And then contracts at $5 million and over 37% down. That's year over year. But one thing I think is important in that luxury real estate category, mm-hmm. 5 million and above. All right. So if we look at month over month, the decrease is much lower. Yeah, the numbers between 2022 to 2023 are very down. It's a it's a lackluster market. But I believe that the gap between in that 5 million and above category is we still have luxury buyers in town that are looking at luxury real estate. And so we're going to have to wait and see what February yeah, I think we have out. entry level people. I mean, I'm working with a couple. We I am too. One bedroom buyers that I haven't, you know, I haven't worked with a one bedroom buyer in a while. Wow. Yep. Investor, family buying for their son. Listen, it can just be happenstance. A certain cat, we're working, end up working with a certain category of buyer at any given moment because we're such a small fraction of the overall market, but, and the people out there looking. But it's interesting to me that that's the category that's doing a little bit better than the others is that correct. under a million that's category. Correct. That's right. That could mean they're less affected or they feel more confident to buy a place because rentals, that's typically, a, you know, one bedroom rentals is a big category in our market um, for the young professionals saying, you know what, I've had it enough with the, with the rental, I'm going to, I'm going to go and buy a place because you do a side by side comparison. I think that there's a lot of people like that. So I think that's probably the driving force. And there's always that big urge for people to become homeowners, especially the first time homeowner. There's a lot of emotion that goes around that and a lot of striving as as a, a level of success to own your first place. So I think it all makes sense to me that that lower category and the upper category is more like, well, if I make a move, it's because I really want to. They need to be enticed a little bit more, perhaps because they have other alternatives, um, easier alternatives. We're finding, I think at this point, a lot of buyers not necessarily wanting to commit right away. They want to take their time. They want to make sure that they see all the inventory. And then quite honestly, as we talk about the inventory numbers, there's not a ton of apartments currently on the market. Mm -hmm. So our hope is that in the first quarter, maybe by 
March or so, March, April, that we're going to see more inventory coming into the into the marketplace. So we had 669 contracts that went, the apartments that went into contract in um, January, representing a decrease of 33% year over year and a 10% decrease between December of 2022, month over month, December and January. Looking at different statistics, uh, we're just basing off of all the information provided by Corcoran as to, okay, well, what do we typically see December to January? How much of a decrease or how much of an increase? What is the average amount? We looked at 2012 to 2019. Just to mm -hmm. account for seasonality and kind of typically what happens, mm -hmm. we were further off from that average percentage. You know, the interest rates, albeit they've come down from their peaks, mm -hmm. they're higher. We have a low inventory number as well. And I believe that we're getting, you know, the buyers are really struggling to find apartments that work for them. So a lot of buyers who are coming into the marketplace are taking their time and kind of waiting. So there's that bit of pause there. We have still stock market that's really uncertain. We have a Federal Reserve that's, you know, going to, there's so many, so many, talking heads in the yeah. financial markets that's kind of making people a little unnerved. Yeah, I was just talking to a buyer the other day about interest rates. You know, I think the general consensus is that they're going to sort of flatten out. Maybe some say it's going to go down. Some people say it's going to go up. I go, just to average out all the opinions that are out there, <laughs> what do you end up with? Definitely. Which is a fairly flat. Of course. And I think that sting of the doubling of the interest rates is still wearing off. It started to wear off at the end of the last year, yep. which we saw a lot of buyers coming to the market. Now them needing to be, needing to see everything that's out there before they're ready to to actually, you know, consummate a deal. The other interest interesting data point we saw was negotiability a little bit higher. So across the market, five, a little over 5%, where usually it's a little bit under. Sellers probably negotiating more on a January transaction, knowing that they're probably being advised by their real estate agent to make a price reduction if they haven't sold at this point. So as we approach the spring seasons, I think naturally we would see negotiability go up in a January, February sort of statistic versus April or May when you have new inventory coming on the market that is hopefully priced well. Let's face it, in January, we have days on market that has actually lengthened as we start this new year in terms of counseling the sellers that have had their apartments on since last fall or even longer, temporarily took them off the market, bringing them back into the marketplace. We're counseling the sellers to bring their prices down. If the apartments are not moving and they've been, been on through the fall market, it's like you've got to reduce your price in order to get it sold. But between last year, last year December, month over month, we're up 10% in terms of days on market. And that could be, what do you think? I think it's just a simply a- Well, I think a, a, you remember the days on market locks in once something actually goes to contract. We're going to see that days on market sort of shift a little bit every month here, depending on whether it's new inventory that sells or old inventory um, that's been on the market for a long time. I think the shift of it going up significantly for the January numbers is nobody put a new inventory generally speaking, on the market in January that sold. So anything that, that's been on the market has probably been on the market uh, for at least since the fall. So let's just say October. So no matter what, locking in a contract in January, you're probably already looking at at least two, two months on the market. To the point earlier about the negotiability factor, those apartments that maybe negotiated a little bit more were also apartments that were on probably much longer than just October. Because generally speaking, people, sellers, 
make it through maybe two busy seasons to sell. The first one is test the market, see what, so whether that's fall or spring, they're come on in the fall. If it doesn't sell in the fall, they reduce their price and they sell in the spring. So I think the people that sell and lock in in January probably negotiate a little bit more. And generally speaking, we're on the market longer. So Correct. the days on market mm -hmm. would go up. So the moral of the Tied story that all together, is that you, out you did, well. you were beautiful. So that negotiability factor, it might be sellers getting an offer and taking lower, obviously taking lower bids. What you have to also look at is the co-op negotiability is actually only 3% off, a little over 3%. So we saw a larger decrease in the condo market. You know, co-ops, there's always like a, a couple other factors to to include, which is, you know, like the board approval, you know, if the price gets too low, the, you know, there's always a, a additional resistance to pricing in a co-op going too low. Condos have more flexibility there. It is a big factor of, of what's on the market at any given point in time. And, right. and I think just seeing generally us being o across the board over 5%, uh, it kind of just lends itself to where the, the time of the year. It's a little bit more seasonality as far as I see. One of the biggest factors that has attributed to a lackluster start of contract signs, I believe, is the inventory level. So at 6,050, 9% increase in units, but still we're at really, really low inventory numbers. Yeah. Basically back to pandemic level pandemic inventory levels. at this point. You know, and we have been. We've been bouncing when right in that. people took their apartments off the market. In that 6,000 to 6,500 sort of category, that's where we were in like April of 2020, which is just sad to think of it in that, uh, that that's where we're at. But that's certainly, it, if we can only sell an apartment if it's on the market. So, exactly. so that's yeah. certainly hurting our contract signed. And that takes time to build up. Normally, people start putting their apartments on the market in the spring season. We always talk about February, March. So it'll be interesting to see where we're at on our next podcast. And the quarterly podcast. Yeah, I think... Boots on the ground. I was going to say the same thing. We Boots on the ground. We, we are certainly here. feel You're... very good about this this spring season. It feels good. No, one could argue I said that in, in the fall, right before the fall season. But it always feels it good always... to be with you. It <laughs> oh, feels boy. great. So with that, thank you very much for listening. Uh, it's great to see you, Mr. C. As and, always, uh, be healthy, safe, and most of all, remain in gratitude. And we will see you next month. Thanks for watching or listening to the Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, GestaskaConlinTeam.com. Or you can find us on all social media with the handle at Team. If this show was helpful, entertaining, or informative, consider telling friends and family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.